Hey, it's Shonda. Now let's talk microformulas. You can try the products that give you whole body support. You've heard me talk about how much they've helped me. Now you can try them too. All you got to do is use podcast 15 at checkout for 15% off. That's podcast 15 at checkout for 15% off. Visit microformulas.com. A podcast about life. I mean, that's a struggle. I think with every single day, are we good enough? Everything it can throw at you. The only person that can make us happy is ourselves. Real people talking about life's real issues. Oh, yeah. There we go. This is Intentionally (laughs) Disruptive with Shonda McNeil. All right, guys. Our series this month is called Hashtag Giving Tuesday. It's in honor of the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, which is the global generosity movement to give back to organizations that transform our communities. And bonus... All of our episodes are released on Tuesday, so it's kind of like a win-win. This week, we're going to highlight COBS, which stands for Community Outreach Behavioral Services. They are a nonprofit located right here in Idaho, and their mission is to provide trauma care for victims of human trafficking. Now, joining the podcast today is my dear friend, Paula. She is the founder and president of COBS, and we also have Tyler, who is her son, and he is basically heads up the fundraising and events. I know your title's still kind of up in the air, but you kind of take on the um, the director position for events, fundraising, volunteers. You're kind of like the all-around man. You're your mom's right-hand man, I guess I should say, right? Uh, that's a good way to describe it. I've been called a lot of things. I'm not sure if the uh, <laughs> fundraising coordinator is the best or the worst, but yes, that is true. And by the way, two minutes before we went on to uh, record this podcast, uh, we kind of established his title, like legit, like right before we started recording. So I guess I want to just run down what Cobbs is all about uh, overall. Now, Paula, how did it all start for you? How did the organization start? Yeah. So um, I used to own and operate a community mental health agency. And about seven, eight years ago, we really noticed some other things happening in our Treasure Valley and in our whole state um, that was very directly connected to domestic sex trafficking. And so we really got in, uh, started doing some more um investigating to find out what we needed to do and how we could help. And we established and founded Cobbs. Now, I don't think people realize, and this is something, you know, obviously we've known each other a little over a year now, and we've worked together doing, um, you know, many events and and things like that, um, that we've sponsored as our company and things like that. One thing that really surprised me, and I am sure you get this all the time, is that, you know, you're located here in Idaho, and... For some reason, when people think about sex trafficking, human trafficking, they think of the movie Taken, that it only happens in other countries, and uh, that's this kind of the thing. That's that. That's the perception, but that's not the case. It is definitely an issue here in, in Idaho, and uh, right here, it, it, it could happen right in your backyard. You have no idea. Um, what what does that look like? Oh, absolutely. Um, City of Trees, right? Nobody thinks of sex trafficking right, here no. in the Treasure Valley. No. Um, and actually, it is really hidden in plain sight. We have trafficking in every single hotel. We have trafficking happening at our at our um, our mall, uh, different sporting events. Um, trafficking, most of it in Idaho is familial, and so that is probably why it's so easily hidden, but it is very epidemic. We, I go into the jails every week in the adult jail and the juvenile um, and talk to women who are incarcerated, um, who have been trafficked on our streets. And what is it? What does the story look like? Say like you, you have you have this one victim in, in mind. What does their story look like? Because it's not a lot of it's not like it can be the boyfriends and things like that. But a lot of the times it's families doing it to their own children and their own wives. Absolutely. We have had an epidemic lately of uh, women who are in there anywhere from 20 to 40 years old who report that it started at 
12, 13 oh, years old because yeah. their moms couldn't pay rent. They couldn't feed their children. They couldn't keep the, the heat on. And so the easiest thing was to trade them for sex. Oh my god, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's absolutely heartbreaking to think about because again, you think you know you're somebody's like kidnapped off the side of the road, and it's their own families, uh, their wives, their children. They're doing it to doing it to their family, people that they they should love and and take care of and, and keep safe. Now, I know whenever we did um, the fill the shelves event last year. Last August, we filled this truck full of all these different things that um, just normal, like toothbrushes, toothpaste, uh, food, backpacks, things like that. There was a few times where you had to rush off. You grabbed things out of the truck because you were legit saving women during this event and you were grabbing things from the truck and going and rescuing uh, women. What does it look like? What's that process look like for them once they establish contact with you? What does that process look like for them with COBS? So a lot of times we will um, get contact with them through law enforcement or people at hotels will call, the managers will call us. And what that is, is we then step in and 99.9% of the time, these women and men, men are trafficked as well. They need something right now, whether it's food, because, you know, food restriction is one of the number one ways to keep them um, uh, compliant. And so they need food, they need clothing. A lot of times that they are have no clothing, they just have the lingerie that they happen to be wearing. And they need those things right now. They need personal hygiene. They haven't had a bath in weeks and weeks and weeks. And so when we get called, we gather stuff and we go with them and we meet them where they are. And you also have a facility here in Boise that they yes. could stop by. And what's the address for that? Yeah, we have a drop-in center, a trauma drop-in center. And yeah. it's 8601 uh, West Emerald Street. And what it is, is they can show up anytime, whether even these women that are still working, we love them where they are. And when they show up and they need a food and they need a pair of underwear, we have that for them. That's a big thing. Underwear. I remember underwear and bras. Yes. That's a huge thing. Sports bras is like they're, yeah. that, that's one thing that they definitely need. Obviously, if you decide to donate and you'd like to help out, make sure everything's brand new, guys. I mean, like I know because yes. we, we, we had we had a couple people drop off some music. Like, no, no, we're not going to be taking used underwear, used bra. Everything has to be brand new in the package. Now, we, with the Fill the Shelves event that I keep referring to, um, that event ended up getting you your first safe house. It did, yes. Which is huge. That was the goal, Yes, right? Yes. What does that look like? How many women can you have in the safe house? And okay. what are some of the things that they can, uh, that you provide for them once they're there? So I will just say that the safe house was one of the biggest blessings that Cobbs has ever experienced. We were able to have one, pay one year rent. And what it is, it's a home located here in the Treasure Valley. Obviously, it's a safe house. Idaho doesn't, has never had a safe house. With, for this longevity. And so we have been able to serve 16 women in this house. And it is a house for the first time that these women say they have been safe. They Nobody knows where it's off. It's completely off the grid. There's only four law enforcement in the state who know where it's at. Mm-hmm. And we provide safe housing. It's a, it's a nice little home in a community. They get to eat, they get to sleep, and they get to start their trauma care. Gotcha. And what's the recovery rate looks like? Like once they are out of the out of the safe house, obviously you still help them with their with their trauma care. I'm assuming, right, with the counseling and things like that. What does that recovery rate look like? How, I guess, how how safe are they once they leave? Leave the house. Yeah, so that's a great question, and that's something, um, and Tyler can speak about the next step of that. So the house that we have right now is a transitional home, and okay. a transitional home is 120 days, and that's give or take. We will never put a female back out on the street. That's and not so ready. If they hit it that time, it, they're not ready. They do not go back out because 
Unfortunately, statistics show that they will go back out into the life five to seven times in their life. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have that next step provided for them, then we we know that we'll lose them back out there. Now, when I say I, we, we've served 16 women, it doesn't mean that they've all um, chosen and recovered and moved on because we do have women that decide it's they're not ready yet. But we know when they go back out into the life, we have given them enough love, enough support that we are for the first time in their life, someone they can trust and they do come back. Yeah, they come back and we keep a wraparound thing. So the next step is um, what we've got. Now we're opening a second safe house, which is oh my! This is my first time hearing this. Yes, the second house. When will that be available? So that's a long term house. Um, Statistics show that if we can keep them safe for two years. They have a better um, success rate, and, oh, and yeah. Tyler knows more about this part. He actually, and Tyler can talk a little bit, he did a fundraiser in August that was raised enough money to pay a one full year of oh, rent awesome. for the, our long-term house. And you have the house, too, already, i We don't. We're still oh, looking oh, for oh, the still house. Looking. Okay, yeah. But we have it ready. Everything okay. else is prepared. Gotcha. Yeah, the house is the, definitely the hardest part of trying to find and locate currently with this market. market. Yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst. That's a great word for that. Yeah, yes. it's the worst. I know. I feel you. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So the long-term uh, care facility or program that we're looking to establish and get off the ground. Uh, yeah. So we did a fundraiser called Hike a Mile in Their Shoes, uh, where yes. we did a big fundraising hike, pledge hike up Table Rock. Uh-huh. Um, and it went incredibly well, well beyond what we were expecting and hoping to raise. Uh, actually enough to raise enough money for the first house for the entire year's rent or the second house's rent. Um But the goal with this house is those that are ready to transition from the transition home into something more stable and long-term, and they really, really want to get out of life, long-term forever. Uh, They will be moving into this house where they will learn to cook and prepare meals more independently. Uh, Right now, we've got a lot of volunteers in the transition home that are teaching them skills on how to cook, how to clean, how to do laundry, things that... 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old women that are in our safe house currently have never, ever learned how to do. Yeah. Ever. It's just the wildest thing. How do you turn on a dishwasher? No idea. I don't so know either. It's yeah. – yeah, me either. I was never taught. Thanks, yeah. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Side shot. There we go. <laughs> um, so this next step is a huge you know, endeavor for them, learning how to do the things that they're learning right now in the transitional home into the long-term facility. They'll be able to take those skills and move to the next level, basically. Uh, they'll also be able to go out and are going to be mandated to get a job and have full-time work on top of all of their after or wraparound services and care, um, pay rent, whether that's 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, $100 a month, however that looks. It'll give them responsibility that they are now in transition back into the real world. This is a life skill that they're picking up and learning as they go. And some of them have never been in the real world. No. That, like they, they, they've, mm-hmm. That's their reality. And so to, to kind of transition them into what would be their first experience into being an independent person um, is just, oh my God, it's, it's mind-blowing to think that that would be their first time. And some of them are, you know, in their 20s, 30s, I'm sure. 40s, right? and we 40s. have a 50-year-old. Yep. Oh, wow. Female in our home right now who has been trafficked for the last 30 years. Oh, my yeah, so the the paying the rent even, I mean, you look yeah. at something as small as that or as big as that, I guess, with the price and things, but they don't know what that means. Yeah. They've been put in hotels, they've been put in residential, they've been put all over the country, shipped around, moved around, everything's been paid for, everyone's been taken care of for them. They don't know what that they means. They don't idea. know how to do it. They don't know how to go in and establish a lease or what a lease means, what to look for in a lease, none of that. So this will give them an opportunity to start learning how to save money, to 
appropriate money and their funds correctly into different things that they want or that they need. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of learning to be done in a two-year program, which is why it's so long. Yeah, you know, it's a two-year program to really crash course what 18 years they yeah, should have learned. Right. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for those women to get in there. Now, what size? Because I mean, we have a lot of. I know we have a lot of realtors we've had on the show on the podcast. We have you know just an array of people that listen, uh, especially here locally and here in Boise. What size are you looking for as far as your rental property? What are you thinking as far as how many women you'd like to house? Oh, shoot. I'd love for a 30,000 square foot warehouse. 30,000. But the realistic yeah. version, yeah. I guess. The yeah. realistic, what are you thinking? A minimum of four. Minimum, a minimum okay. of four rooms. Uh, we'd preferably like five or six. Um, but I think we could definitely pull it off with four. Okay. Um, and then, you know, at least two bathrooms. Uh, what are I know you guys mentioned that you have everything you need, but you're looking for the house. Is that accurate? I mean, do you have furniture? Do you have the appliances? Do you have all those things? I know some our our neighborhood Facebook page. We have people that are doing remodels and they're trying to get rid of like their old. I mean, really nice refrigerators and stoves and things like that, but just the remodel just doesn't fit. But like, what is there anything else that you guys need? Like big items? You know, I guess that would depend on what the rental looks like. Um, gotcha. If it, if it comes with some of that stuff, uh, right? Like currently our our transition home right now was fully furnished. And we oh. were so blessed to find something yeah. fully furnished and ready to go. We just literally walked in, brought in a couple extra things, and and it was ready to go. Um, so It's finding the house first. It's finding the house first, gotcha. and depending okay. on what's in it, uh, we would be able to do a fundraiser or have the funds to purchase some of the other things that need to be inside the house. Uh, speaking of fundraisers, as we've just labeled you the fundraiser director <laughs> and events director... <laughs> Um, do you have anything coming up uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, any kind of fundraisers, promotions that you have, events? Um, as of right this second, no. Okay. Um, I also have taken on a role of many other names. <clears throat> um, and I think kind of the biggest focus I've been after the hike of my on their shoes is really getting on board with some of the companies like Jackson's. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'd like to mention that real quick. And what they've done for us um, and to help out the community is we created a sticker uh, and it's a safe sticker that goes into all of the women's restrooms and all the Jackson's food stores and extra mile stores oh, yeah. in their entire footprint, which is nearly 400. Yeah. And it goes right in the paper towel holder uh, or the paper towel dispenser in every women's bathroom. And from that kickoff, which was about three months ago, mm-hmm. yes. we received a few calls here locally from women that were not safe, that we went out and the crisis line went out and actually picked them up. What a great idea. So, And it's been a long road trying yeah. to get anybody on board with that kind of stuff. And Jackson's finally said, you know what, we'll be the first ones, we'll take charge and That's we'll do amazing. it. Uh, so I've been working on that and working on a few other stores like the Mavericks and Stinker and, uh-huh. oh shoot, I'd love to get Albertsons, Winco, every store, every, every store. store. That I'd one, love to have that. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. I think our next fundraiser probably be wrapping right back around to our golf tournament for next year. Uh-huh. And then the hike a mile again for the second annual. Have you thought about any of the hotels that you we would have? Been? We've actually met with some of them. And oh, so you we're, have? Okay. We're in that, I mean, we've had that dialogue. We're still coming to the table. I mean, that's it's a great work in progress. And it has been. I mean, I think it was when the, within the first couple of weeks that we actually got our first call from a, a sticker in the restroom. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is your time. I want to make sure we talk about everything you guys want to talk about during this this podcast. You know, we have quite a few downloads every yes. every week, and we want to make sure that, you know, we're saying exactly what you want. So if there's anything you want to mention on top of the questions, please feel free to go right ahead. I do want to just add one more to the long-term yeah. house. One of the things um, that we're hoping to break is start to break that cycle of familial tra- trafficking, yeah. because with having these women in there, they will actually be able to start getting contact 
contact with their children again and getting their children back and starting to have that relationship. And through that building, we're hoping to break those cycles of them then going to sell their own children because they have been sold by their parent. And so we're really hoping that the long-term goal is to be able to teach them new coping skills and get their trauma work taken care of. And who does the? Do you guys do the trauma within the organization, or do you have, you outsource? We actually do it within the organization okay. with people that are trained because you on, are a trained yes. therapist. Yep. Yeah, I'm an EMDR therapist, yes. and we have many more. And we have therapy in the home. We have it outside of the home within our offices, and so these women are getting it from all different uh, modalities, and it's amazing. It's amazing working. And how? If someone listening wants to help out with the rental property or maybe help out with um, the drop-in center, any other resources, how would they do that? How would they go about doing that? They can uh, contact us on our webpage, IdahoCobs.org. We have Venmo. We have different ways if they want to donate money. If they want to just donate things, they can drop it off at the offices. And what is your Venmo? Because I actually almost Venmoed somebody else by accident. Because I think it's like, is it Cobbs, Idaho? Idaho. That's what it was. Cobbs, Idaho. Yes. Oh, yes. I I think... I was like, oh, wait, that does not look like them. No, but there's another Cobbs. Oh, I don't know yes. what it stands for, but there's another Cobbs out there. So it's Cobbs-Idaho, I believe. Yes. Correct? That Got is it. correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and one of the things right now that we're really trying to help um, our, a lot of our women on the street that are yeah. living in their cars and the house is with toilet paper and laundry pods. I mean, we have such a shortage, and and if anybody wants to donate those, that is a drive that we're going to do now so that we can help get these women and men through the winter because right now it's not out there. And they would drop those off at the drop-in center. At the drop-in center on Emerald, 8601 Emerald. Emerald. And we'll make sure, guys, on our social media that we'll have all this information posted. Um, That way, you know, as you're listening, you're driving, um, that we have all the information for uh, for cops for you to be able to donate, whether it be cash uh, through Venmo, uh, cash donation as a drop-off, or any type of uh, resources that are available. Um, Anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, Just so people are understanding and aware that these women and these men that are homeless, a lot of them on the street, are being trafficked. Once they're homeless, they are being approached probably within the first 24 to 48 hours of a trafficker. And I don't even want to name drop. I know, Paula, you and I have had some pretty serious conversations um, outside of a podcast and just more private, obviously. But um, the places that you would think there's no way there is sex trafficking going on there. Believe me, it's happening. I'm talking like some pretty um, nice hotels downtown Boise. Absolutely. I think think the weekend after I stayed at this particular hotel downtown Boise, really nice, really expensive, actually. And then I think I met met you for lunch the following week, and there was a a bust there. And I could not believe it. You would never think that that's happening right next to you. Yes. Yeah. It's because we don't see it. It's because we don't want to see it. If we we want to see it, we have to acknowledge that it's happening. If we acknowledge that there's a problem happening in our community, we have to address it. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to fix it. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you guys have a relationship with law enforcement. That's huge. Yes. Our task force. Let's talk about our task force. We have a uh, Treasure Valley Human Trafficking Task Force that we've had for about a little over a year, year and a half now. Um, And we now have seven different law enforcements to the table. Yeah, that's and incredible. so every month we get together um, with a, a bunch of different entities and we talk about how we can help these girls. And we start to identify girls that are being taken from city to city in our area, from you know county to county, from house to house. And it's amazing the um, collaboration that's finally happening here in Idaho that we've waited for a long time. 
Well, I'm so glad you started this organization. You guys are angels. I mean, I've watched you guys all in action for over a year now, and you guys are both incredible people, and I just really appreciate you Thank so you. much. Uh, coming up next week, we'll continue the Hashtag Giving Tuesday series with the Women's and Children's Alliance. They are an incredible organization that helps women and children who are fleeing domestic violence. That is next week on Intentionally Disruptive. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com. 